Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Yeah, that's how long I've been on you. That's how long I've been waiting on you. Yes, that's right. I said on ya. <laughs> You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm, of course, in Phoenix, living like it matters. And it matters to me that I get a chance to give you this show each week. I'm enjoying myself here in the Valley. As always, the weather is outstanding. It is beautiful. Unlike some football teams in the National Football League, there have been times where I have come on the show and I have told you how proud I am to be an alumni of of the National Football League, but there are a couple teams that have brought about some embarrassment to the National Football League. Here we are in the sixth week, and we've got teams that have not won a game. But before I get there, let me let me start in a place of which is near and dear to my heart, and that, of course, is the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Wow. Going to Purdue and lose. Wow. It's been a long time since we've lost to the Boilermakers. Uh, hats off to the winning team. Always give respect to the team that wins. So I'm going to do that. But at the same time, I've got to be critical of the team that lost. Uh, and I've, I'm going to be the one that's, that's going to say this. And I'm not going to say that I'm the one who says it first. I may finally be agreeing with some of those people that have voiced their opinion uh, earlier, and I'm saying that I'm agreeing now on air, but I have. And i got to say this. I've had reservations about Terrell Pryor playing the position of quarterback since I first saw him. And it, it just bothered me when I saw this young man line up at quarterback and he released his first pass. And I was told because I didn't get a chance to see him in high school. I saw him in that all-star game he played in, I believe. I think I, I, think I saw him, if I'm not mistaken, in the All- Army All-American game. And from day one, I've never liked his delivery, in, in, of which the way he passes the football. I, I'm, I'm a former defensive back. And, and one thing that's always uh, something of concern for the offensive side of the ball is the release of the quarterback and the quarterback's throwing motion and, and how quickly he's able to get that ball out of his hands. His delivery is extremely important because as defensive backs, we read all of that. And it's your motion that, uh, that signals us to break on the ball. His motion is terrible. I've always had a problem with it. And I've talked to some of my friends off the record about this. And some people tend to believe that He's going to be able to correct it and work through it. But I am telling you right now that college football, if they want to, I don't know if they want to accept it for this or not. 
but it's the hotbed for professional football. It's where you it's where you get your talent. It's a farm league for pro football currently in this current system. And so the players that are in college football are in a developmental program, either voluntary or non-voluntarily, for the National Football League. And Terrell, listen, I, and, and listen, I, I just want somebody out there to talk to the young man, send him aside, have a conversation with him. I know he wants to be a quarterback, but he's not a quarterback. It, it's, it's, I think it's, at this time it's too late to change old habits. I mean, he, he has a terrible throwing motion period. He doesn't throw the ball. He, even to me, I don't even see this strong arm that some people are talking about. Now, in just the reverse of that or just the opposite of that, I saw the kid at USC when he was in high school last year. And perhaps maybe I may be over-exaggerating, but I said he was better than Matt Liner then. And they just compared him to another USC quarterback. But I like him. He's a freshman, but even when they played against each other, he outshined Terrell Pryor in that game and his ability to take control of the game and throw the ball and deliver the ball and complete passes. Now, and I just got to say this. I'm just going to give you some... And I'm not one, you know, when I bring my commentary, many times I want to bring it from a player's perspective. Everybody can go and research and grab stats and read stats. So although I'm a big stat guy because I like to see them and know it for myself, I don't necessarily have to bring it to the air for you because you can go look that up yourself online. You can grab any stat you want to. But I'll try to give you my commentary as I sit there and watch it as a former player, try to give it to you from how I view it. And out of the eyes and mind and heart of somebody who who played that game, because those are the three things that extreme that is extremely critical when it comes to an athlete, his mind, his eyes and his heart. That's what makes a football player. You got to have great vision. Got to have a great mind. And you got to have a big heart if you want to play this game of football. But let me say this at the quarterback position. I said earlier that what they do at the college level, if they want to admit it or not, if it's voluntary or involuntary, when the National Football League is looking for talent, they don't go to the local playgrounds. They don't go to the backyards and neighborhoods. They don't go to high schools. They go to colleges and universities, and they conduct uh, what we call, call informal or formal job interviews, okay? So I am telling you now, I'm going to go on record of saying this. I think Coach Tressel needs to take Terrell Pryor aside and have a conversation with him and say, Terrell, if your, game is, if your heart is in this game and you want to continue to play football after you leave college, then we need to start having a conversation about you moving to another position, which could be wide receiver. That's probably it for him. His position is wide receiver. There are great college players. In fact, there have been some great players that have won the Heisman trophies and have gone on to pro football and not done very well. Listen, I went to the NFL. I wanted to be a corner. You think I wanted to go into the NFL? Here it is my whole life. I've dreamed of playing pro football. And you think I want to line up my first day in practice in a position that I've never played in my entire life? What are the chances that you make football doing that? And what made them think to draft me, although it'd be, 
you know, in the twelfth round, the last round. In fact, the next to the last player, and I'm I'm very proud of that. Because there's some people that don't get drafted, and you don't even want to be in college and experience what it's like to be a player that you think you're going to possibly play in the National Football League. And then when they get a chance to choose you, they don't even choose you. That is devastating. So I just thank God for that. So, but they chose me. But they they chose me, and they said we're going to move you to safety. I'm like safety, okay. I just want to play. Just put me any place on the field, and I'll play. But it would have been. To my advantage, if I would have known they were going to move me to safety and perhaps maybe in college, I could have been playing safety. That's what I'm saying about Terrell Pryor. And why am I, why is my opinion so strong about this? Because I played against some of the greatest football players to ever play the game at quarterback. Quarterback, Dan Marino, Dan Faust, uh, Joe Montana, uh, Warren Moon. Uh, Rand played with Randall Cunningham. You know, I'm going to throw Phil Sims up there. Phil was a great quarterback. I, I've always liked everything about Phil. Phil played the game with such passion. I, I really do like Phil Sims. And he won a couple Super Bowls, you know. So I, I played against some great quarterbacks. I can go on and on and on. But I know a great quarterback when I see one. And what do quarterbacks do? What do all great quarterbacks do? They throw the football. Yes, great quarterbacks throw the football. Now, let me just give you some idea that, okay, Ray, you've been out of the league for a while. You're talking about that. But let me just tell you what happened in the National Football League this past weekend. I'm going to give you some statistics, which I normally don't do. Tom Brady, pretty good quarterback, right? He attempted to pass. He attempted to pass 34 times. He completed 29 of those. Guess how many times he ran the ball? Zero. Zero. Drew Brees, pretty good quarterback, right? New Orleans Saints. Guess how many times he attempted to pass? 30. Guess how many times he ran the ball? He ran the ball six times. He, he was back there 30 times to throw the ball, and, you know, maybe he had to take off and run. He ran it six times. He got, <laughs> I'm sorry. He rushed, he had six rushing yards. That's how many yards he had. Six rushing yards. How about, let's go down there to Matt Schaub, Texas. The Houston Texans, he attempted to pass 40 times. Guess how many yards he had rushing? One. That's the Big Ben. Big Ben likes to run the ball, right? Big Ben attempted to pass 35 times rushing yards. 11. I'm not finished yet. Ravens, Flacco, guess how many times he attempted to pass? 43. Rushing yards, zero. Brett Favre, oh yeah, come on, man, you know Brett. Brett attempted to pass 29 times. Rushing yards, zero. Aaron Rodgers attempted to pass 37 times. Rushing yards, nine. Jay Cutler. 43 times. Okay, now we got some yards here. 34 rushing yards. Carson Palmer attempted to pass 35 times, two yards rushing. Matt Ryan, 33 attempts of pass, eight yards rushing. I'm just saying, listen, it's near and dear to my heart. 
but what's also near and dear to my heart is I understand these young men are playing a game in college. They're there to get an education, student athletes. But that is also the farm league, the place of which they develop their skill sets so they can play at the next level. And I'm going to go on record to be the first one to say this. It's time to move Terrell Pryor to wide receiver and get him ready to play at the next level, to play wide receiver at the next level. Put your ego aside, young man. You tried it. You're, you're not a quarterback. You will not play quarterback in the National Football League. Ohio State, if you want to start winning football games and you want to use, put Terrell Pryor in the best position for him to excel, move that young man to wide receiver. He is not a quarterback. That's okay. Most of the real good athletes start off as quarterbacks because you want your best athlete to have a ball in his hands at all times. But at that level right now in college, nah, it's time to move on. And I want to be at least one of the first to say it. I wish he could have made it. But this is not one of those situations where you got a young black athlete and you're moving him from the quarterback. No, he's just not the best quarterback that's on that roster, I'm sure. And let him get his chance to play in the National Football League. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Move to rail prior to wide receiver. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after this message. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. 
every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Finney's living like it matters, and and I, I want to take time out. I, there's many times throughout the show where I will take uh, a moment of silence to uh, to recognize and pay tribute to those who have passed. Most of the time, when there've been uh, athletes that I've known or I've heard about, uh, and I want to do it today for two reasons. I understand that the uh, the young man at the university uh, at UConn, University of Connecticut, was put to rest. Uh, something happened, some type of stabbing. And then I believe there was, a, there was a, an employee, um, a stadium employee uh, for the uh, charges, I believe it was, uh, that um, there was an accident at the stadium uh, prior to the game, and uh, that person was uh, somehow fell out of the press box or the press area and uh, passed away. So moment of silence to pay tribute to those uh, individuals and uh, to let their families know that being a part of this game, I appreciate everything that, that they contributed to the game. A young man at UConn, hey, he's trying to become a better football player and give people some enjoyment on the weekends. And, of course, uh, that employee was trying to make things best they possibly could to accommodate the media uh, at the stadium the other night, last night before the Monday night. So a uh, moment of silence. Okay, we're back. Now, thank goodness, and I, and I truly mean this, uh, that uh, we are not having a moment of silence for one of the greatest athletes to ever play the game. I understand that there was some type of scare of which LeBron went through uh, because uh, he thought he had a cancer scare. He, he thought perhaps maybe that there was a cancerous tumor that could have been in his body, and, and I don't have all the facts, but from the things that I've read, he was very much concerned, and I think he's been cleared and, uh, man, our prayers just go out to LeBron. I hope he feels better. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, he was complaining about the flu. And I think they were treating him to see if, uh, it, well, they were taking a car, car, precautionary method to be sure that it wasn't the swine flu. So they were treating him for that. Uh, but LeBron continued. I, 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 from what I can see, you miss very few games. So you're, you're doing something to that, that huge uh, man body you have. You're a very young man, but that's a man body, no doubt about that. And uh, I hope you continue to take care of yourself and uh, whatever it is, whatever ailment you may have, that you get, they're, they're giving you the best care, there's no doubt about it, but that they stay on top of that and that uh, you're able to continue to bring thrills to every stadium you go to and you visit uh, throughout this country and throughout the world. So shout out for homeboy there. Uh, LeBron James. Uh, now, let me talk a little bit about football in particular. Um, last night, Monday night game, that, that was an exciting football game. Um, one of the few games in history where you see that uh, both teams, special teams, return uh, 
uh, a kick for a touchdown. Uh, that, that, it was some exciting moments in that game. And I've been t- here the past few weeks, I've been talking about big men, and particularly big men and wide receivers. And wouldn't you know that the two, two of the smallest men on the field last night uh, were responsible for taking it to the house? And uh, so it was it was an exciting game. But but the San Diego Chargers, again, I guess it's gotten to the point now where I'm not the only one that views the San Diego Chargers as being soft. Uh, the San Diego Chargers, in my mind, you know, Sean Marion, the, the whole team could holler and scream and and do their little dances or whatever. That doesn't make you tough. I've never felt they were a tough physical football team. I guess I'm from the black and blue division, you know, the NFC East. So I I know a physical football team and a physical game when I see one. And listen, guys go up and down the schedule to see who they're playing. And and you assess those games from different ways. You assess it as, man, it's going to be a tough game or, you know, it's going to be a lot of points. Or, you know, it, there are some teams that have been perceived over the years to be uh, the kind of teams that they're not physical teams, they're finesse teams. And that's all I would ever, you know, qualify the San Diego Chargers as being is, is finesse. They're going to come up with a scheme or something like that. They're not going to be physical with you. Never. And so now Sean Merriman, I guess he, he's upset uh, because of the fact that, it, you know, the team has kind of been called on the carpet by the GM. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, whenever your GM, you know, who is responsible for putting the team together, you know, wants to identify you as being soft, I'm going to read a quote. And I'm, most of the time I bring my own quotes to the air, but I'm going to read a quote. You know, Everything is wrong right now. I'm not the least bit happy in a lot of areas. I've seen us be tough and physical and now soft and bewildered. Th- that's, man, what else? Soft and bewildered? You, you're soft and then... You, you don't even know what the heck is going on. You don't have a clue. You're not really into the game. You, you're not showing emotion, all that kind of You're not playing with emotion. You're not hitting people. You know, a hit is like a dunk. You know, you can make a tackle or you can hit somebody. You can slam dunk or you can get two points. The buffer results are the same. A tackle is a tackle. They don't go down and say, you know, unless you, you call it a fumble. But it goes on as a tackle in the books. But you know when you see that hit live or when you experience that hit, you know what it does for the team. Same thing with a slam dunk. It's two points. But you know what that slam dunk and the way you throw it down, you know what that does for the team at that particular time in the game. So you got to be able to read more into it. And that's what this commentary is all about, more giving you more from a player's perspective. And I understand him calling the San Diego Chargers. Not, again, there's a little bit of motivation here. You know, this is somewhat of a comment made by the GM in order to, let's try, A.J. Smith, all he wants to try to do is try to fire this team up. Come on, guys, the Denver Broncos are running away with this. What are we going to do? Are we just going to let them go? So he can call the team out. Now, Sean Marion was a little bit upset when he felt that, listen, the only way, you know, I'm going to respond to this is if it would come from one of our, you know, somebody in the locker room. Somebody in the locker room should be able to call us out. You know, another teammate should be able to call us out. But he feels that the GM shouldn't be able to call him out. Well, I look at it that whenever the GM starts calling players out, pretty soon he's going to start calling people up to his office. And when you get a call up to the GM's office, it ain't a good time to go up there 
and have a meeting not during the season if the team's not doing well, that might be time for you to be going someplace else. And speaking of going someplace else, you know, today, uh, a couple minutes ago, it was a deadline for trades. I didn't hear anything big. I'll, I'll check online. Nothing big out there. We didn't expect really anything big to happen. Uh, they let Joey Galloway go up there in New England. But, I mean, after what Randy Moss did, Randy's back. He's a little healthy. Uh, Walker's back. He's, he's, he's healthy. You know, uh, you know, and Tom Brady's back. He's healthy. So you got all these guys coming back to your team. Uh, they're healthy this year. They thought Joey might need to contribute. He didn't contribute. I think he caught seven passes to this point. So they thought, mm, okay, well, we, we're, we're going to let him go. And, and I'll tell you what, it might have been, and I don't know this, it might have been some chemistry issues there too. Because I really believe that the kind of team and the kind of coach that Belichick is, uh, if you fit in there and you're an older veteran, uh, Belichick is going to keep you. It, you know, you go there as a veteran player because he's, he's looking for veteran leadership. And if you come there and you demonstrate that leadership and you lead by example and you give him what he's looking for, he wants veterans. to. He doesn't want, you don't ever want to be a coach that you bring veteran ball players in and then you let them go. Because, see, at that stage in their career, they don't have too many options. But once you make that choice, if somebody else lets you go, then whatever it was that was perceived to be wrong with you that got you into the free agent market in the very beginning, mm, maybe it revealed itself to that coach, and now other teams may not want to pick you up. So it may be tough for Joey Galloway to get picked up right now. And then not only that, too, for the life of me, I, I don't know why Marvin Harrison, and maybe, I'm, maybe I missed it. Maybe I've been asleep. Maybe I went up to Sedona and, and it was snowing real bad. And, and I, you know, I, I was in hibernation for a while. But, wow, there's another pretty decent wide receiver out there, too. But anyway, let me get back to the San Diego Chargers. That, that's what the problem is. You guys need to wake up. You need to start playing some football. You need to play aggressive football. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to yell and scream about it. You can play with emotion, but emotion sometimes le- most times leads to results. So you will see the emotion. You'll play with it. You'll play faster. You'll play harder. You, you'll make big hits. And you know, you, you maybe, you might even get fined. There ain't been any questionable fines. So I know you're not hitting nobody real hard. Because if you were, yeah, there'd be some fines levied someplace and, and you'd have to go contest it. But you're not hitting. Come on, Chargers. You've never been a hitting team. Sean, you said you went on your shoulders. Make it happen. That's what the problem with your team is right now. You're not aggressive. Nobody's afraid to play the San Diego Chargers. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I've had a couple cups of coffee, as you can tell. I'm going to get another one, then I'm going to be right back on the other side of this message. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Back, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I guess one thing that doesn't matter right now, and that is doesn't matter for the Washington Redskins, is the situation with, with quarterback and, and Jason Campbell. The offensive line has to do a better job. But, you know, they're going to stick with Jason. And at some point in time, you know, Jason will get the tools that he needs in order to help him win. Uh, Jason, uh, Jason's got a big arm. Uh, you know, he, he can throw some. He may not make all the right decisions, but he's got a big arm. Much better throwing motion than Terrell Pryor. That's, a, that's a, a nice throwing motion that he has. He makes some bad decisions with the ball. But, wow, man, I, you, you, your, their job is possibly on the line, Jim Zorn. And, and they are actually, they're actually out shopping your job. And it's been brought to the attention of the media that, that your job is not secure. And I, your record should have let you know that your job perhaps maybe was not secure. But somebody turned your job down. Now, maybe that's not a bad thing. I, I, I'm going to agree that it's not the right thing to do for a football team. First of all, you know, it's, it's, it's still, the season's not even halfway over with. But at this point in the National Football League, you can look at a schedule and you, you can look at what you've accomplished to this point and you can say that your season might almost be over with. So I guess if you brought somebody in at this time to take over the helm of your job, what means is they would have this a season or a half a season under their belts and then going into next year, they should be able to hit the ground running. That's the only thing about it. What this tells me right now, 
the fact that the Washington Redskins offered a job supposedly to Mike Shanahan and he turned it down says to me that they've given up on the team for this year. That's the only thing it, it should ring loud and clear to everybody else is that they've given up on this team for this year. Right now, the, the coach's job is in jeopardy. Now, once they put the coach's head on the chopping blocks, then the next thing the coach is probably going to do, he, he should have made some decisions. He should have made some major decisions. Listen, if, if I'm going to go, I want to at least try, I'm going to go down fighting. And I'm going to go down fighting with those who want to fight with me. And he should have made, he should make some, there should be some drastic changes made on both sides of the ball and special teams. And some pink slips should have been handed out. Recognizing breast cancer this month, just tell the guys, hey, no offense, here's your pink slip. But we're going to replace you with somebody else. Because the Washington Redskins are not playing football to the best of their ability. But it starts with the coach. And, and, and they've already, management has already decided that, that they believe that it starts with the coach. And so they wanted to make a change, and Shanahan said no. Now, it could be that possibly he may want to take over the team next year, perhaps maybe coming in during this time of the year. There certainly would be some uncertainty in the locker room. There may, some, may, may be some people who may be loyal to you know, Coach Zorn. And so uh, perhaps maybe Mike may not feel that he would get his team to en- embrace him at this particular time. Maybe he feels it's easier to come in in the off season, you know, work with them through the off season, get everybody on the same page, everybody coming in with a new attitude as opposed to coming in during a season where you haven't been winning. Probably at this point, there's got to be finger pointing going on. Nobody wants to accept the blame, but then also nobody's stepping up. And so for him to come in at this time, which means he can't make it to the playoffs, you know, he's probably not going to be able to come in there and get everybody to play because, like I said earlier, you know, this isn't guy. But the only thing he could do is he would get a chance to see the guys, you know, play to the best of their ability, hopefully. He'd be able to see them play during regular season. He'd be able to make some decisions, and they might be, he might be better informed going into the draft. Now, if he might have also made a decision that, okay, listen, I'll take, the bo- I'll take this job at the end of the season. So he may be keeping an eye on that team, the Washington Redskins, evaluating the personnel, looking at what's at the college level, looking at other teams for free agency, and he may come in next year hit the gr- hitting the ground running, hitting the ground running, knowing that that is his team. Now, so there's a couple different scenarios that could work out there for the Washington Redskins, but we're, we're really not sure what they're going to be. But one thing that we are sure of is the fact that that team right there is in a lot of trouble, uh, a lot, a lot of trouble. So, uh, let, let's see what happens to them. I didn't give my man Josh McDaniels enough credit. You know, I, I touched a little bit on, on, on the San Diego Chargers, but I, I just didn't give Josh all the credit he needs. Listen, I'm going to call him not the three amigos, but the four amigos. Because when you look at, there's four people in football right now doing extremely well. Josh McDaniels, Brandon Marshall. You, you got to say that. You got to say that. Uh, and, of course, uh Kyle Orton is doing extremely well too, so uh, I'm sorry. So let's 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 make that. So we got Josh, we got Brandon Marshall, and we got the quarterback who's playing well. And I'm gonna throw Brian Dawkins in there. I think Brian Dawkins is probably the the X factor to the Denver Broncos because I've seen Brian practice, I've seen him play, and I know that he is bringing some intangibles to that team that has bought them 
a swagger of which they probably didn't have before. You know, I'll go back and uh, again, the San Diego Chargers, the Denver Broncos have never been a physical football team. Never been a football team like that. Never been an aggressive football team that, again, if you're on the offensive side of the ball, that you're going to be worried about getting your head taken off. They just, they've never been like that. They've been kind of a finesse team as well. Now, they run the ball. Don't get, don't get me wrong. The Denver Broncos have been known to run the ball. But they still even run and haven't really had those real punishing running backs. They've had running backs that, again, get behind the line. For, and, and the offensive line for the Denver Broncos, they haven't always been a punishing offensive line. The Denver Broncos have been an offensive line of which they have been able to take advantage of rules that used to be in place. They were notorious for chop blocking. They, were, they, they cut you all the time. People hate playing against the Denver Broncos. They were a team, you know, you don't want to say dirty football because it was within the rules. But come on, hit me in my chest. Let's go chest to chest, face to face. Let's play football like that. Don't, oh, you chop me. You, you, don't, you don't get a lot of credit. And you don't really, you know, in terms of respect, if you chop me, that, that's not really blocking me. You know, let's, stand, let's go toe to toe, head to head, shoulder to shoulder. You know, mono on mono. Let's see if you, you've been in the weight room. I'm showing you I've been in the weight room. That's the kind of respect. You know, you're going to come up and then you cut me. Oh, no, you don't get respect for that. So the Denver Broncos, the offensive line, man, a lot of people didn't like their offensive line because they chopped you all the time. They, they were, there was a, between the tackles, they could clip you, and they, were, they, were, they would clip you all the time. So they weren't, mm, they weren't pushing you off the ball. They didn't get that kind of respect. But right now, they're getting the respect they deserve. They're, turn, they're turning into a, a tough defensive football team. And, of course, I'm going to give that credit to, to Doug. Brian Douglas, you deserve it. The Eagles still need you. They wish they had that. They wish they still had you on their team. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But certainly the Denver Broncos, Josh McDaniels, you know, it's just I, I, I just want to give you the credit you deserve. It's good football, man. We like it. You know, we like it. You're doing a good job. Guys, Brandon Marshall, you were able to touch Brandon. I talked about this before in such a way. I don't know where that connection came from, but it's something that you saw in him. And you stayed with it. And I'm certainly, I'm glad you stayed with it. You recognize you had talent there and you used it. Something else you recognize. And other people should recognize this. You know, don't, for, don't put your quarterback in a position where he's forcing the ball. Put your quarterback in a position to win. Give him pass plays of which he's comfortable. You know, don't force the ball. Tell him to take care of the ball. That's one thing Kyle Orton's doing. He's taking care of the ball. You don't see the Denver Broncos throwing interceptions. You got to take care of the football, you know, and it's, it's it's just extremely important that you take. If you want to win football games, take care of the football. And the Denver Broncos have been doing that. So, Josh, man, that's just a shout out to you and uh, just continue to do what you're doing in, in terms of taking care of the football. Somebody else taking care of the football. Old man Brett. Yeah, I'm going to call him old man Brett. They, they, somebody made a comment about Hines. I think they call Hines a little old today, you know, talked about his speed a little bit. But listen, Brett. Brett Favre is getting it done. Let me tell you about, I, I talked about some intangibles. Let me talk about football intelligence. Brett Favre, I saw Brett do something the other day, and it just amazed me that it wasn't brought up in another telecast later on in the day. And that is when the Atlanta Falcons were playing, there was an offsides, and it was an apparent offsides. It wasn't somebody went uncontested to the quarterback, but it was apparent that, you know, the defensive line was offsides. 
Young man, Matt Ryan, goes back. He gets a snap. He takes a knee. Brett Favre, on the other hand, in his game, when Brett, Brett sees his apparent offsides penalty, Brett understands he's got a shot to the end zone. He takes it. He takes it, pass interference, ball on the one-yard line. Now, I'm going to talk about some other things that I disagree with later on in the show, and that is pass interference. If it's beyond a 20-yard penalty, it should not. You don't assess 50 and 60 yards on a pass interference play. I don't, I don't think that's, that's just not right. It's, it's, again, it's defensive backs at a disadvantage. I think you should be penalized, but that's, a, that's, a, that's come on, that's excessive. You know, all you got to do is just, there's a bomb. Would I tackle a guy if I thought he was going to score a touchdown? Yeah, I tackle him. No, they're going to get 20 yards. But now nah, I'm not going to tackle him because I know they're going to get 60 yards. So I'm going to try to make it look like, you know, I'm trying to go after the ball or something. But, again, the defensive back doesn't have anything to use to his advantage. Everything's to his disadvantage. But I'm talking about Brett Favre and his football IQ. Man, I was so impressed with that. But I was, I guess I wasn't really impressed with the fact that, and it might have been Chris Collinsworth calling the game, that they didn't pick up on the fact that Matt Ryan did something that years later, and the coaches should have said something to him. Son, when you know you've got a free play, take that shot. The receivers should automatically, even if it's a run play, the receivers, you know, it's like an audible. It's like you see, you, you, you realize it's a blitz. You make an adjustment on your route, you should make an adjustment on the play. It should be $9.99. It's an apparent offsides. We know it's offsides. Just go for it. Just throw it up and go for it. Instead of getting five yards, you'll get 50 yards. That just, and again, that's, that's, that's football IQ. Some people have it, some people don't. Apparently, every now and then, there's a brain fart every now and then. I'm going to have to talk about Donovan McNabb. I guess Donovan had a Chris Weber moment. A brain fart. It happens. Does a man know football? Yes. Okay, he didn't know last year. He didn't know what the rules are. Another brain fart. Two brain farts in a career? That's not bad. Come on. But we'll talk about it. It is a mistake. He does need to correct it. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'll be right back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Beat a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. This is rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and uh, it does matter to me. I enjoy uh, what I do here. I get a chance to talk to you all over the world about the National Football League. And the National Football League, I, I'm, I'm happy about some things, and there's other things that are just very, very disappointing. I'm very disappointed, very disappointed. I apologize for that. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, you've got to play better football. There's got to be a lot of changes need to be made. A one-in-five football team, nah, that's just not good. Kansas City Chiefs, one-in-five football team, that's just not good football. Detroit Lions, one-in-five football, that's just not good football. But then the most disappointing thing of all, here we are six games into the National Football League. The season is halfway almost over. As a matter of fact, anybody who is a rookie right now playing pro football for the first time in their life, just coming out of college, they were in training camp all of uh, middle of July and all of August. And now they've played six games. That means they have gone through a college season already. They are These young men that are rookies, for them right now, the season is starting to get long. And if you're on one of those teams I just mentioned, it's starting to get real long. But I'm about to mention something that right now, as a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's unacceptable. It's just unacceptable in the National Football League for the St. Louis Rams. I see why they're on the selling block. St. Louis Rams 0-6. Tampa Bay Buccaneers 0-6. That's just unacceptable. But really what's unacceptable, the Tennessee Titans 0-6. Now, how can you go from a contender to somebody who is 0-6? You were always up there with the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you were a team of which, remember I, I talked about an aggressive football team and one that's not? The San Diego Chargers, they're not a very physical football team. 
you know, uh, the Denver Broncos, they used to be a fin- more of a finesse defensive team, but not a real physical punishing football team that you play against and you leave out there and you know, okay, we may go, we may have an injury or two coming out of this game. When we go into this game, you know, we may come out next week with a couple of people on IR. You, you never thought that about the Chargers or the Broncos. Now, now with the Broncos, you might, because Dark is back there headhunting. Um, the Chargers, still, you don't worry about that. But the Tennessee Titans, Jeff Fisher and his football team, always been an aggressive football team. There is, there's something that is seriously wrong with that football team. And it's not just the quarterback position. They're 0-6. So there ha- and I've been saying this for quite some time. I've been saying that, again, I'm going to continue to support my position, and I can support it now by an 0-6 record, but it's time for Jeff to go. It's just, this is unacceptable. 0-6, nah, just, just not acceptable. So I think, I think it's time for him. I, I think it's time for some changes to be made there, and you've got to make them at the top. So already we, we've got three jobs that probably next year, you know, we may have a change. St. Louis, new head coach probably. You know, well, I don't, they may give him another year. Uh, Tampa Bay, this is his first year down there. Welcome to the NFL. You've been in the league before, but that's just unacceptable. 0 and 6. But uh, Jeff Fisher, Jeff, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to happen. Listen, there were some games last week. The Baltimore Ravens and Minnesota Vikings. Great football game. I mean, great football game. Played the entire game. Score going back and forth. You know, good football. Brett did his thing all day. Adrian did his thing. Ray Ray did it. It was it was good football. You know, I'll tell you a disappointing game for me. I thought it would be a much better game as the New York Giants and and New Orleans Saints. Now, the Giants just had a bad day at the office. You know, they just had a a, a real bad day at the office. They're not that bad. New England. I'm sorry, New Orleans. I'm sorry, New Orleans Saints is not that much better than the New York Giants. New Orleans beat the Giants, but the, the Giants played a terrible, terrible football game, and New Orleans is not that much better than the Giants. I think we all would agree. If you disagree with me, then okay. New Orleans might be a better football team, but they're not that much better than the Giants. Arizona Cardinals, hey, Kurt, Kurt Warner was hot a few weeks ago. The man has not cooled off. They took, you know, a bye week a few weeks before that. The man has come back since the bye, and he has been on fire. He has been on fire. Maybe it's something about the old quarterbacks. You know, Kurt and Brett, maybe they got something going on. I don't know what they got in their systems other than the fact that these these are two men who know the game of football, and they love the game of football. You know, one plays it with a lot more passion than the other. But they're both very smart. They know what to do with the football. They play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And, and, and right now they look like lead, they're leading their teams the way they should be. You know, one's got a, a few more wins than the other, but they're, they're, they remain to be on their Hall of, Hall of Fame paths, of which they both will one day end up in my hometown. Uh, and So let's, let's look at some of the games coming up here. Uh, I think uh, we're going to go down the list of some good games. Uh, Atlanta, if Dallas shows up, that should be a good game. The Atlanta Falcons and Dallas Cowboys, that should be a good game. Uh, but I want to take Atlanta in that game. I just I think Atlanta's playing better football than the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Cincinnati, 
than Chicago. Chicago is at Cincinnati, and, and I think uh, that's going to be a good football game. That's going to be – I'm going to go with, you know what, dads don't get – hey, bro, you know how it is sometimes. you got to pick somebody. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati on this, dads. Make me wrong. But I think uh, Cincinnati and Chicago – Chicago's got to go into Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati comes out the victory there. Um, here's a game of which many people may not think is going to be a good game, but on paper to me uh, – no, beyond the paper – this is I'm, I'm, this is Mike, and Mike's not happy with the way his team played. Well, Mike, they sh- they should come back, but the San Francisco 49ers, you know, are going into Houston Texans, and I, I, the Houston Texans are just an underperforming team. They've got, you know, if you go down the line, they've got some talent on that football team, and I'm waiting for them to come out with a a a, a, good, a real good game. They played a good game against the Arizona Cardinals, but a real good game that they win, and so San Francisco's got to go into Houston. And so I'm gonna say the Texans are going to win that, but that's gonna—I think that's gonna be a good game. Um, now New Orleans has got to go into Miami, and you know Miami—it's just hard for people to figure Miami out. And Miami could be the team that surprises New Orleans. Miami—I'm gonna go with Miami on that. I think Miami's—they got something. Wildcat shotguns, what I call it. Shotgun—I don't know if they can handle the way the Miami runs that shotgun. So we, we see. What's my boy Ricky down there? Ricky, go ahead and show him how to do it down there. I'm going to go with Miami on that. Now, I, I'm going to look at another game, and uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I, they're hot. Kurt's hot, and, but they got to go to New York. It's tough for them to, to travel. They don't always do good when they travel to the East Coast, but they got to go up there and play them at Giants Stadium, So, and the Giants just got beat, so that might be a tough game, but Kurt is just hot. If the weather's okay, I think Kurt will be He'll have his glove on anyway, so... I think he'll be okay. I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals in that game. And then last but not least, Minnesota's got to go into Pittsburgh. Now, they're playing in the Dome, but Brett Favre is accustomed to playing in the cold. He's going to go back to Pittsburgh and Hinesfield. It's going to be cold, windy, maybe rainy, maybe snow. But that's the kind of weather which Brett loves to play, and he's played in that the majority of his career every year except one. This is the second year. This is the first year he played in the Dome, but this is going to be outdoors. So the weather will not be a factor for Brett. Unlike Sanchez, man complains he's never played in weather below 50 degrees. And you're in the NFL now. Get used to it. And you better watch Brett Favre, everything he does, because Sanchez, you, man, you're making some critics start to think, rethink what they said about you early in the year. And they thought you were God sent. And now they want to send you someplace else. But Brett Favre, go ahead into Pittsburgh. But Fish, I know what you're going to do, man. Y'all going to do You're going to spoil it. And the Pittsburgh Steelers going to come out on top of the Minnesota Vikings. I said it, Fish. Hey, man, I appreciate you listening. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com.
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.